Hello, I'm Douglas Jacoby. I live in Atlanta, Georgia, but I don't stay there. I often travel around the world in my international Bible teaching ministry. And what I've seen in my travels alarms me. I speak in a lot of universities, a range of different kinds of meetings, usually in 20 countries a year. But I also have the chance to visit many congregations, to interact with brothers and sisters, usually in about 30 or 40 churches a year. What I've seen in my travels is concerning. In far too many churches, materialism has taken over the time and the energy and the budgets of of the members. I, I see the pollution of sexual temptation and how many brothers and even sisters are held back because of sexual sin. And I see a general lack of holiness, a lack of fire for the things of the Lord. We all know what it is to be unclean. When you feel like you're overdue for that bath or shower, I remember summer of 80, I was moved, I was uh, on a train from the west coast of Norway all the way to London. It was 72 hours on the train. And uh, half that time, I didn't even have a seat. I had to stand or sit awkwardly on my suitcase. 72 hours. And I remember very clearly the feeling I had when I got to my friend's house, a wonderful Pakistani family, uh, let me stay with them. And I was so eager to have a bath. It's that feeling of grease. It's under the nails. It's in your hair. It's all over the body. It's a terrible feeling. And on the other hand, how great it feels to finally be clean. I think we all relate to that. In the presence of the Holy God, we are like the prophet Isaiah. We feel inadequate, terribly unclean. One of the hallmark passages of the entire Old Testament is the call of Isaiah. It's in Isaiah 6. And he sees the presence of God and he's just overwhelmed. Woe to me, I am ruined. For I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. That's how we feel in the presence of God. Unclean. He has unclean lips. And before he can take God's message to God's people, something has to change. And there's a vision. And the seraphim take a live coal from the altar, touch it to the prophet's lips. And then, famously, he declares, here am I send me. When we feel clean, then we're ready for action. We're really ready to be used by God. In this introductory podcast, I would like to share two other scriptures before explaining what the series is all about. And I'm going to start in 2 Timothy, in chapter 2, 18 and 19. This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you that by them you may wage the good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience. By rejecting this, some have made shipwreck of their faith. Many people become Christians, but they don't remain Christians. What happens? Paul uses the analogy of shipwreck. And the waves, water is powerful. It can destroy a ship. But there's no need of, of shipwreck if we keep our consciences clear and we hang on to the faith. Paul knows how important it is for Timothy's ministry to keep a good conscience. It's no different with us. Every true Christian has a ministry. Every true Christian is in the ministry. Every true Christian must hold on to the faith. It's not something that happens automatically. It's truly intentional. 
And then the other passages from the introduction of 1 Timothy. And he's he's giving some instructions to Timothy. Uh, Paul himself is, I imagine, in his 60s at this time. Timothy, maybe, maybe in his 40s or 50s. And he says this, The aim of our charge is love that issues from a heart, a pure heart, and a good conscience, and a sincere faith. Notice that triad, pure heart, good conscience, sincere faith. Hard to have a sincere faith. Hard to convince others that you have the real article if your conscience isn't good, because that makes us act weird. If a heart isn't pure, because that manifests in multiple ways. And he continues, certain persons, by swerving from these, have wandered away into vain discussion, desiring to be teachers of the law, without understanding either what they're saying or the things about which they make confident assertions. You know, it's dangerous to do theology if you're hardening your heart. It's dangerous and usually unproductive to try to share the faith with people when our faith is insincere, when we've got a, a bad conscience. And so the purpose of this series is to help us to maintain a pure heart, good conscience, sincere faith. Maybe last year you didn't have it. I would like to think that in the next 12 months, there will be a major uh, difference, a true change. It's so vital, and we must remember that it's not automatic. It's not automatic that just because you're Christian, you're going to do well. It must be intentional. True seekers are attracted when they see sacrificial spiritual life. You know, we're so afraid to to frighten our neighbors. There's a place for wisdom and sensitivity and to weigh our words carefully. But true seekers are drawn to Christ when they see that life being lived out. They, They covet that kind of experience. Romans 12, of course, talks about our our being a living sacrifice, which is our spiritual worship or, or our reasonable service. Romans 12, John 12, Jesus says, when I'm lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to myself. It's through the power of the cross that men and women are drawn to God. You know, the faster growing churches in the world, and this has been studied by lots of sociologists of religion, they're, they ask their members to do something. Churches where the leaders are timid and they have low expectations don't do an awful lot. But people want to be called higher because we sense instinctively that God is holy and that we need to give our best. And let's not forget that, friends. None of us wants to shipwreck his faith. But I've seen so many, far too many brothers and sisters. It starts with some moral compromise. And it's not just one compromise. It's steps. It accumulates, and there we go. One day they're here, another day they're gone. Those three key things, a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. So what's the solution? Well, we can't fix a deep spiritual problem in one month, but this is a one-month program. Uh, The next uh, podcast will be on being clean. From the Old Testament, we're going to be looking at Psalms and later on at Proverbs and then in the New Testament. We'll examine the concept of walking in the light, ongoing cleanliness, ongoing cleansing. This is a concept that's biblical, but it's terribly misunderstood among Catholics, Protestants, Orthodox, uh, independents. So many Christians get the, the wrong end of the stick. After that, we'll be looking at a number of the lepers, the same theme of cleansing in the Old Testament and then the New Testament. 
and then seven lessons on exorcisms, including a special lesson for us today. And then we'll be looking at the reanimation of a number of men and women in both Testaments. You know, technically, no one's resurrected except Jesus. That'll be explained later. And then Jesus's unique resurrection will be the, the next to last uh, lesson. And then finally, we're going to look at purity and holiness in the history of Christianity and share some important thoughts. So the full title of this series, Clean in 2017, Purity, Cleansing, Leprosy, Exorcism, and Reanimation. My prayer is that you will join us, you'll study and internalize these great themes and have the best year possible.